and welcome to this episode of Drug Target Reviews podcast, sponsored by Thermo Fisher Scientific. I'm Victoria Reese, Deputy Editor of Drug Target Review, and today I'm speaking with Tyler Pascoe and Matt Groover, both from Thermo Fisher Scientific, about LIMS and the new Watson LIMS software. But first, let's get to know our speakers. Hi, Tyler. Could you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, Victoria. Thanks for having me on today. I'm really looking forward to our chat. So I'm a technical sales consultant here at Thermo Fisher Scientific in our DSBU, which is our digital science business unit, uh, and I focus primarily on Watson Limbs. I joined Thermo earlier this year, but prior to that, uh, I held positions at Covance, which is now LabCorp Drug Development, and Eurofence Bioanalytical Services here in St. Charles, Missouri, where I'm currently located. So I started my bio career as an analyst performing routine sample analysis, from there on to assay validation, both immunogenicity and PK for ligand binding assays, then into project management, overseeing uh, many of the studies that I participated in at the bench. And through that evolution, I was able to use Watson Limbs. So essentially from method validation through analysis reporting for our downstream partners. And now as a TSC, I'm involved in meeting with those in the industry who are exploring the idea of a limb solution. Uh, and also I showcase Watson's capabilities through live demonstrations for potential and current Watson Limbs customers. Thanks so much. And hi to Matt. Could you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself as well? Hi, my name is Matt Groover. I'm a product manager for Thermo Fisher Scientific within the digital science business unit, responsible for Watson Limbs. And I joined Thermo Fisher about 11 years ago, and I came from working in bioanalysis at two pharmaceutical companies as a principal investigator and a bioanalyst working on LCMS MS assays. My role at Thermo Fisher is to understand the customer problems that bioanalysts face, work with the development team, and bring those much-needed features to market. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Tyler and Matt. So I wanted to start off our conversation today by asking you about Watson Limbs, which many of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with, either as current users, downstream partners, or through other means of in vivo pharmaceutical R&D collaboration. But for our listeners who might be new to Watson Limbs, could you provide a general overview of the software? Yes, I can absolutely do that. Uh, Watson Limbs software is specifically designed and built to support bioanalytical testing. So when an organization pursues the development of a new therapeutic, bioanalytical testing plays a critical role in that journey to see regulatory approval for bringing both safe and efficacious therapeutics to the market. Watson is specifically supporting pharmacokinetic, biomarkers, and immunogenicity endpoints. Watson also provides labs with software capabilities to manage their bioanalytical support of both non-clinical and clinical in vivo studies from the initial study design all the way through data reporting. Some of the key software capabilities that I always like to highlight are first sample management, so supporting full chain of custody, freeze thaw, and sample metadata to support downstream reporting, also including barcoding capabilities within Watson, assay and results management, so within Watson being able to define concentration-based assays and immunogenicity assays into the execution of sample analysis, then the curation of final data. And then moving into reporting, being able to automate table generation aligned to industry guidance documents. Some examples include assay performance, study sample results, and then operational support. So being able to produce audit trails, sample storage reports, and chain of custody. So overall, it's a purpose-built software for bioanalytical testing, 
its use spans smaller research organizations to some of the largest global CROs and pharmaceutical biotech organizations as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Tyler. So how does Watson Limbs position itself in an industry with evolving guidelines and industry-driven recommendations? Yeah, great question. So in addition to the regulations that we follow, such as CDISC and 21 CFR Part 11, we are very much interested in industry guidelines. Uh, Some of those include the FDA guidance on immunogenicity testing, uh, the US FDA guidance for concentration-based measurements, whether you're talking about chromatographic assays or lichen binding assays to support concentration measurements, as well as the upcoming ICH M10. Those really give us a good understanding of what our customers are looking for and what the expectations are of them to produce the results and report those to their customers. So we really rely on customer feedback as well. Industry trends and focus group meetings such as European Bioanalysis Forum and the WRIB meeting, as well as peer-reviewed journals. We give the opportunity for our customers to participate in focus groups. Uh, That gives our customers a platform to give feedback on the features that we intend to deliver in the next release. It's a great chance to directly connect to those using the software in the industry to better understand the user experience and really consider the approaches for areas of emphasis and upcoming releases. It really allows us to address any immediate feature development concerns through collaboration. As Watson Limbs is ever evolving, our focus is to serve all bioanalytical testing customers, really empathizing with the user personas that we support and what their daily challenges are all while reacting to the regulatory landscape in which the majority of our customers operate. So clinical trial support is ever-evolving, specifically regarding harmonized data standards for electronic data submissions. Are there expanded features within the upcoming release to address data set delivery? Yes, clinical trial support is ever-evolving. And I'll first start by giving an overview of CDISC and how that applies to data standards. So CDIS stands for Clinical Data Interchange Standards Consortium, with the goal of bringing standardization to the reporting of clinical research data and metadata. And you'll often hear CDIS associated with SEND and SDTM, where SEND is the means for organizing preclinical data, and SDTM is for clinical data sets in relation to collection, management, analysis, and reporting. Watson currently supports certain CDIS SEND domains, against Implementation Guides 3.0 and 3.1, but with the new release of Watson version 7.7, we'll extend our CDIS support for clinical data sets by adding new domains to support SDTM. Our documentation set for Watson version 7.7, like other releases, will include tables to describe how we derive each supported domain variable, and also instructions will address how customers can customize their own domains, uh, perhaps to exclude some permissible variables to meet downstream requirements to collate data sets across functional labs. And then moving forward, we'll continue to monitor the FDA data standards catalog and support forthcoming SEND and SDTM domains um, as implementation guides continue to evolve. Thanks, Tyler. So staying on the topic of clinical trial support, the number of biotherapeutics and biosimilars in development is ever increasing, really driving the rising need for immunogenicity testing support. Matt, do any features in recent releases support this need? Yes, indeed. Over the last couple of years, we've invested 
uh, in this very need uh, with our 7.6 and 7.6.1 releases. We've added a number of features to support ADA assays. And if I were to group them, uh, let's start out with just the definition of these assays. So for definition, we've added additional units, detection units, to support the various data acquisition instruments. This is one example where that unit definition carries forth through display of the unit in the analysis and reporting area as well. Another example of a definition feature that we've added is the ability for users to set different cut points when they are generating screen and tighter results in the same run and have a need to define a slightly different cut point factor for the tighter tier versus the screen tier. Another definition that carries forth through analyzing reporting is the ability to flag sample and control results. So first defining the criteria and then seeing how during the analysis and reporting, do I have any anomalies that do not meet the acceptance criteria and can I flag those results? For analysis, uh, we've added the much anticipated signal to noise calculations as an option to support the tier analysis. And for reporting, first I'll take the assay performance reports. Uh, we've added the ability for customers to choose their own QC names like LPC and HPC that are then displayed on these assay precision reports, as well as giving inhibited responses for positive controls alongside their screening values and reference points to the screening and confirmatory cut points uh, for those assay performance tables and giving it a refreshed view of intra and interrun assessment of control performance. For the sample analysis reporting, we've added more references like run ID and cut point to the study sample tier result report. And finally, we've added a reassay decision tree, which helps report when a sample goes through multiple tiers, as one would expect, and then it becomes screened confirmed positive, and then moves on to a generating a numeric tighter result. In that case, the reassay decision tree would emulate an SOP to define and then subsequently automate decisions for reporting the final ADA result. And finally, I'd say that recognizing that the trend will continue for increased need for immunogenicity testing, ADA assays will continue to be an area of focus for future projects. Thanks so much, Matt. So We've mentioned today features for CDISC support, but what other enhancements can users expect to see in the upcoming Watson release? Tyler, what do you say? So I'll highlight the key enhancements and then I'll, I'll give some context to each. In the upcoming release of Watson 7.7, our customers can expect improvements to immune response analysis, improved flagging and ligand binding assays, IS standard review for chromatographic assays, which actually is a new addition altogether, um, enhanced study design import and sample home position. I'll start with immune response, as Matt had mentioned previously, you know, here really focusing on advancing sample analysis. We've added additional queries to help refine the criteria and selection for when positive samples move on to the next analysis tier, as well as a query to return positively screened samples that have been confirmed negative. Now for flagging and ligand binding assays for concentration measurements, uh, here our customers will benefit from enhanced data set flagging. Users will be able to detect failed data sets at run review, all with the goal of reducing the risk of reporting invalid final concentration data. Now a new addition, as I mentioned to Watson, is we've added an internal standard review for chromatographic assays. 
Our users are going to have the ability to define IS review criteria, visualize individual anomalous results or even systemic trends, and importantly, be able to act on samples failing to meet criteria. Uh, alongside this is a report to show a history of IS review. With enhanced study design import, our customers are going to be familiar with the term import study protocol, which is a standard feature within our UI and is a method to populate a study design within Watson with one or sometimes even multiple sample manifests. So in Watson 7.7, we've aimed at providing a refresh user interface to catch file errors and conflicts with existing design samples. And this is something that most every lab has to manage with incoming manifest. So we're looking to expand Watson's abilities to better manage these errors. And then for sample home, this is a benefit directly for sample coordinators. So they'll have the ability to assign a sample's home storage position. And the goal here is to ease the process of returning a sample from an intermediate location uh, for example, during routine sample analysis to its home container location, uh, likely to be for permanent storage. So really excited about the new enhancements with version 7.7. Uh, looking forward to discussing with current Watson LIMS users and those interested in implementing a BioA LIMS solution. Thanks so much. So the FDA published a final guidance in 2019 on the evaluation of internal standard or, or IS responses during chromatographic bioanalysis. Have you received feedback from users that this would be of high value for Watson? And will the new release address this topic? Yes, indeed. We have customers that are currently performing IS reviewing chromatography software, and they did share with us that this will be of high value and something that they would be using daily. And really the goal here is customers will often define criteria a priori such that users can review and identify individual outliers or systemic trends in the IS response. And the goal here is to reduce the risk of reporting inaccurate concentration data impacted by anomalous IS response. So in version 7.7, the IS review features are aligned with industry best practices. To describe them a bit more, users will be able to define criteria upfront from three different methods, all aligned with certain white papers and the guidance document that you spoke of, and each IS within the assay can store its own criteria. So if you do have an assay that has a mix of stable labeled and analog IS, and you'd like to have tighter criteria for the analog IS versus the stable labeled, you can do that. And we also understand that not all labs will employ an SOP that governs IS review. So we will enable users to bypass the IS definition portion and move directly into the visualization tools if they choose to do so. So once that definition is done, users will have a visual platform to review the IS response for a given run. This is where a demo by our, a member of our team would really help drive what that visualization looks like. But in short, users will have the ability to zoom in on specific data points, show limits, group by dilution factor, a great tool to look for potential matrix effects. View sample name, uh, that might be another area of potential matrix effect that you might have different subjects that exhibit matrix effects compared to others. Or simply look at systemic trends and see if the IS is, is trending lower than the start of the run. So after the reviewing of the IS response, this is really where the, the real value comes in in LIMS. In 7.7, users will be able to make decisions based on the IS response data. 
they'll be able to group samples that are over or under the limit and react to that particular failure by either applying a result comment, tagging for a reassay, deactivating, or even toggling the result not reportable. And finally, we talked about looking at individual runs and looking at the IS and how they perform. But for the customer that's interested in looking at a history of the IS review, making sure it was done by recording a record of who, when, IS criteria, run ID, assay, and percent CV, this will give our customers a better look across runs at the variability and how their method is performing in regards to IS response. We're really looking forward to getting this in the user's hands, and we've had great feedback thus far. Fantastic. Thank you. So you've touched on the user experience for the import study protocol feature. How will the user interface and expanded capabilities provide a more robust tool for importing sample metadata into the study design? Yeah, so our customers, um, including myself at one time, utilized the import study protocol feature in Watson to produce the nominal study design in LIMS in lieu of creating it manually. Designs can often be built for multiple file uploads over the course of a clinical study and sometimes resulting in potential sample design property or metadata discrepancies, which that could lead to potential bottlenecks as discrepant design samples are confirmed from the source. So in Watson version 7.7, the user interface has been updated to catch errors from within the import file and will also highlight conflicts with existing design samples. This UI allows users to resolve errors with an in-grid edit feature, uh, which is also backed by audit trail records. So for any error that cannot be immediately resolved, the user can opt to isolate the discrepant samples, allowing the valid records to be accepted into the study design. Again, this helps to reduce any potential workflow bottlenecks. So allowing the valid samples to progress through analysis, also noting that until the discrepancy is resolved, users are prevented from analyzing any of the isolated design samples. And finally, the UI gives the user a view of the changes that the new upload will have on the existing design, as well as retain a history of the uploads. So in the event, uh, users need to reconstruct the evolution of the study design. In Watson version 7.7, a templating feature has been added to help customers, so those collaborating with several study design contributors, map the file column headers defined by the source within Watson field names. Um, and this aims at reducing the level of field name transformations required prior to the upload. Thanks so much, Tyler. You've expanded on efficiencies and compliance for bioanalytical laboratories with the upcoming Watson version 7.7 release. What will be some of the areas of focus for future releases? Method validation will be our next near-term focus. And that's true if you're talking about concentration measurement types of assays like chromatographic or ligand binding assays. In that case, we'll be addressing any method validation gaps aligned to global ICHM-10 guidance. For customers that are generating ADA endpoints and doing method validation for ADA assays, we'll be aligned to the FDA guidance for industry. And we're really looking forward to partnering with our bioanalytical testing customers as we plan and execute on future feature development for, in this case, method validation. Well, thank you so much, Tyler and Matt, for speaking with me today. It's been great. Likewise, thank you for having us on today.
Thank you, Victoria. It was a real pleasure to give your listeners a view of our Watson 77 project. We're really looking forward to getting this in the hands of our customers. And thank you, of course, to our listeners. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Drug Target Reviews podcast, sponsored by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thanks once again for listening. Don't forget to look out for the next installment of our podcast coming soon. Mm-hmm.